welcome to uh, a hurry up edition of Hey Fighting Podcast. Coming to you before LSU's win over ULM. Hopefully it's a win. Uh, different format this week for us. Um, coming to you before the game, during the game, and then maybe I'll come to you briefly after the game. But 8 o'clock, kickoff. We, 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 we value sleep. Sleep is good for you. It's good for your health, your mental health. You just never know what's going to come out, too, in the wee hours. I mean, I've had a lot of football coaches tell me, Cody, nothing good happens after midnight. Yeah, I mean, we're already off to a bad start. Like, my headphones aren't working, so I'm just going to take them off. I can't even hear you. Uh, who knows what the audio quality will be of the next couple segments, because I think you're just going to come up to the press box. Yeah. And uh, and we'll just we'll, we'll just do it up in the press box uh, between quarters So uh, from the phone. But what, what are you looking for in this game? I don't, I don't want this segment to be too long. People who are listening already saw the game. Right. Um, what, what, what do you want to see from LSU in this game? Any, anything specific or general yeah. you're looking for? Yeah, it's very simple. I want to see the offense look crisp. We've talked about it. The word I've been using all year is clunky. I don't want to look uh, clunky. I want it to look crisp. I want it to be smooth. I want there to be a pace to it. I want there to be a rhyme and a reason to it. I want there to be uh, A setting up B and B setting up C, like I've always talked about throughout this year. That's really so for me, that's what I want to see. I know the defense has found their aggression. I have no worries in that. Is ULM going to hit a couple of plays? Maybe. But I know the defense is going to bring that aggression that they've brought the last couple of weeks. Offensively, get into a rhythm. Your offensive line is playing better. Ty Davis-Price is playing at a very high level right now. you got to get some more from some other positions. I'd love to see the receivers step up and the young guys have a big game and certainly at the quarterback position as well. So that's really my main focus throughout the night. Yeah, a couple of specifics I want to see. One, we're, we're an hour before kickoff right now, and I just saw a report from Shea, uh, Shea Dixon at 24-7 that Garrett Nussmeyer has the flu and he will not dress out for this game. So so you know Max Johnson is going to get the whole game, basically. They may use Matt O'Dowd in a, in a backup situation if they need to later in the game, but it, it's Max's game. I, I want to see Max specifically get into a rhythm, get back to some of the things that we, we've seen from him in the past, getting it out of his hands quickly getting the ball uh, to playmakers in space. And one of the statistical uh, indexes that I was looking at before the game, and I'm trying to pull it up really fast right here, was yards after catch. And I know that Kayshawn Butte's out and that he is the the yards after catch king, um, not just of LSU, but of, of college football. But it's been something that's been missing from LSU's offense uh, in recent weeks. And so if you go back to the beginning of the season, LSU was consistently... Uh, 180, 150 yards uh, after catch per game. Uh, I'm pulling it up right now. Here, I got to click the week button on Pro Football Focus. If you look at it uh, over the last couple of weeks, those numbers have trended in the wrong direction. So, right. like week one, UCLA 172 yards after catch. Week three, Central Michigan 161, Mississippi State 126, Auburn 180. Consistently in the you know one well over 100. Last three weeks, 77 against Ole Miss, 98 against Alabama. 81 against Arkansas. Um, I want to see those guys catching the ball in space with room to run. And, you know, part of that is is personnel. When you don't have Keishon Butte out there, it's a little more congested. But I want to see Jack Besh catch the ball that's not a contested throw. I want to see Malik Neighbors catch one in space. I want to see whoever else is in there. I don't know if Deion Smith is healthy or not, um, but Brian Thomas Jr. I want to see those guys kind of one of them at least sort of do what Kayshawn did at the end of last season, which was yeah. no Terrace, no Eric Gilbert, take over. Um, I, I want to see one of those guys kind of move that mold. Defensively, 
really just selfishly, I want Damone Clark to have a great game so that he can <laughs> right. win the Butkus Award. Yeah. Um, I think he's having an All-American season, and I want to see him continue to finish the season strong and set the tone. So maybe a sack or two, a pick, something, just a forced fumble, fumble recovery, something to boost the stats and sort of get the the national recognition he deserves because he deserves it. Yeah, and also defensively, I talked about the aggression. I'd love to see the same thing. Damone Clark, we're, we're giant fans of what he's been able to do. I want to see like B.J. Ojolari kind of get a chance to get after the quarterback. Yeah, That's somebody that I think's played really well on the edge in the run game. We know what kind of a rusher he is. I want to see him be let loose a little bit tonight. Let him rush. Let him have a night where maybe he has two and a half sacks because I feel like it's really close. And that's another guy that we probably don't talk enough about. I'm not just talking about us. I'm talking about us in the media who cover LSU. He's quietly had a really nice season. I'd like to see him uh, eat a little bit tonight. Yeah, I was looking at his stats this week. He's he's top 10 in the SEC in pressures out of his spot. So he's been able to get after the quarterback a little bit. Was dominant in the Florida game. Would be fun to see him stat pad a little bit. All right, we're already five minutes of preview. Uh, everyone that's listening is, I mean, they're always smarter than us, but they're actually like more informed than us because they know the result of the game. They don't want to hear our preview anymore, so let's cut it off here. Uh, we'll come back at the end of the first quarter okay. and uh, and share some observations. We'll do the same at halftime, third quarter, and uh, end of the game. You know, if you want to take off, you can take off, and I'll I'll wrap this thing up. I mean, I'm I'm kind of like the the main podcaster on this it's podcast. Because Arsenal right? play today. And you, you had to bring it up, up didn't you? Well, no, I'm saying like Everton's got City tomorrow early, so I know how that's going to go. Yeah, I knew how but it was going to go today too. You, yeah, you don't have to wake up for it's it. It's the hope that kills you. Like I knew Arsenal was going to get beat 4-0. Like I just yeah. knew it in my head. And then they played a competitive first half, and I was like, maybe they won't. And then the second half unfurled. Yeah. Uh, hopefully LSU has a better performance today than Arsenal did. All right, that's enough for us. We'll see you at the end of the first quarter. All right, we found our way to a uh, – storage closet uh right off the press box uh first quarter lsu seven ulm nothing um hester your your first thoughts uh after watching that first quarter uh the storage closet is my first thoughts but uh, my second thought is it's very intimate yeah it, it is uh malik neighbors that was something that shined and we've talked about him a couple of times obviously and i was talking with jeremy hill earlier today and he was talking about, you know, when are we going to see Malik kind of take over a game like we saw him take over a false scrimmage. And so far today, three for 76. It looks like today might be that day. Max was eight of nine, 121. So you saw uh, Cade York at the end there kind of be human. Leave the stats up. I want to look oh, at them. Okay. We're recording Sorry. on my phone. I want to look at them on your phone. Yeah, Cade York is human. I thought he was a field goal kicking robot. Um, so first of all, the first thing that stood out to me is my prediction is aging well so far. I wanted to see, see some yards after catch. Malik Neighbors took a screen pass on third down the distance. Also enjoyed watching uh, Austin Deculus absolutely pummel a guy yeah. on that screen. And Cardell Thomas uh, showing off his 100-yard dash form. Uh, he didn't <laughs> he didn't have to block anybody on the play, but right, right, right. it was fun to watch him run. Um, I, I like some of the things you've seen offensively, schematic-wise, um, from LSU. It's... Um, twice on third down, they've gone empty. And um, one of those was that screenplay. The other was a TDP five-yard completion to Max. They're giving him some easier throws. He's thrown to TDP twice. He's 8-9. Yeah. Um, defensively, great first drive. Damone, again, another prediction that aired well, uh, aged well for me. Damone was disruptive on the first drive. Second drive, not great for LSU on the whole. But he yeah. saw Neil Farrell down by the goal line make a play. Um, and then he saw the fourth down play. Got a little lucky there, but uh, luck, is part, luck is part of the game. 
Um, and then LSU got a little unlucky, I guess, on the other end with Max Johnson having his knee down on that touchdown pass to Dre Jenkins. So that second drive for both offense and defense was a little uh, little sloppier there. I'm glad. No, I'm glad you said easier throws. Like I haven't seen just an easy drag route over the middle of the football field. It feels like in forever they hit Malik for a big gainer on one of those in the uh, second possession. So they're doing some things that we kind of were hoping to see. The offense does look like it's got some some flow to it. It's got a rhyme and a reason to it. So that's what we've been talking about. So seven nothing. You miss a field goal. You could be up ten nothing, but so far so good. Couple of other updates. One, I'm drinking decaf tonight because I do plan to be home at a reasonable hour. I just smashed a full cup of fully lit coffee. Oh, nice. No, I, I'm not a decaf guy, but I'm going decaf right now. And then the second thing is, is my iPhone bedtime reminder just popped up because it's 8:45, <laughs> and that's the time that I set to like turn off my phone. So I have. 15 minutes before I go to bed at 9 o'clock. Hey, my kids wake up at, at 5 every morning on the nose. I have to be asleep by 9. Or oh, I don't tell me hours. more about how you have something early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> tell me more. I'll, uh, I'll see you back in the storage closet in about, I don't know, 30 minutes. Yeah, this feels like this would be what the fullback meeting room looks like. <laughs> a high-tech high solution. Uh, only the finest technological solutions on Hey Fine Podcast. All right, see you all at halftime. <laughs> Defensively, I'd like to see the, the improvements continue, the pressure, uh, that sort of thing. Maybe a little playmaking from your corners, not just some pass breakups. Maybe pad the stats a little bit, get some picks, uh, make some some disruptive plays. All right, halftime, 17-7. Uh, LSU leads ULM. We're actually not in the closet this time. We've transitioned to the uh, the home coaches booth. They went down for halftime. There's nobody in here. So slightly nicer digs. And I brought my laptop, which I'm holding uh, – in my hand, it's not the most uh, comfortable setup, but it's going to work. Oh, you want to transition over to the desk? I mean, I this mean, is the headsets here and everything. We got the play sheet. Uh, like, we can uh, get some high tech. We can get some like inside information here. <laughs> We're um, literally standing with seven chairs right in front of us before we figured out we could sit. Well, this is our opportunity. We we can and y'all can hear the uh, halftime show in the background. I apologize, but we can leave some notes. We can leave some notes on our thoughts for the offensive coaches to use and say, hey, this is the adjustments that I would make. So what's the first note that you're going to leave them? Uh, 21 personnel, fullback dive. Really? Yeah. Bring it back. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I saw them in a surprise. Speaking of – we have a fullback on the roster? Speaking of throwbacks, I just saw we'll, – we'll get to the uh, football in a second. I just saw Flynn tweet something about how he hates the clap count yeah. on the snap. What, what do you think that is? Are you a clap count guy? Uh, I am not. It's because of the pace. That's why he hates it. He's like, you're at home, you shouldn't have to clap, you should be able to go on a cadence because within a cadence you have a better chance of drawing them offside, you have a better chance of you having a faster get-off than on the clap, and so he is not a fan of it. Okay, I I meant to address the elephant in the room. For those of you listening, um, before this segment, you heard a clip of just me talking, and it was from my pregame segment that I recorded before Hester came up to my office to record. And the only reason I played that is because it was yet another prediction that came true for me. The third thing that I predicted before the game or that I wanted to see, it wasn't a prediction, was I wanted to see a DB. I actually said corner, but I meant DB. Yeah. Make a ball hawking play. And sure enough, as soon as we walked out of the closet on the previous <laughs> segment, we heard the crowd erupt. We wrote, yeah. ran over to the TVs. We saw Jay Ward came up with a big play for LSU. Great, great start to the second quarter. It was. And Jay's played so good this year. And got a little spook there. The door the door vibrated. Oh, I was about to go let somebody in. No, I don't know good. if they knock again. Uh, he's played so good this year, and it probably gets lost in translation a little bit because of the overall team success. 
But, like, even going back to the first game, UCLA, like, when he was in there compared to when he was not in there, like, there's a big difference on yeah. this defense. With all the injuries, he's, like, the one guy you really couldn't afford to lose, and I think it's shown time and time again. Yeah, good, a pretty good um, quarter there for LSU defensively on the whole. You had the turnover to start, and I'm going to pull up the quarter cumes there. Um, now, ULM did score um, the, the touchdown. Kind of a busted play defensively, a missed tackle on the back end. Um and it came. It was a. It was a whole sequence that I, I just kind of want to wipe out of my brain. So let's talk about it, and then let's like. Hopefully, as it, it exits our mouths, it leaves our brains forever. Um, it goes to the fake punt, yeah. which uh, did not work. Um, so I'm curious what you saw there. And then this, the sequence, uh, it, fake punt. Avery Atkins throws it. John Trey Kirkland slips, pick, and then um, a couple plays later, ULM scores on, on a missed tackle on the back end and, and makes it 17-7. I bet you Avery Atkins never thought he was going to throw an interception in his LSU career. You're right, John a Trey. Weeks after a big completion, yeah, right. Alabama. Quarterback rate is going down. <laughs> yep. uh, John Trey did slip, but I really don't know what the route was. I'm not sure what they were trying to run. It wasn't like he was uncovered. A lot of times on that fake point, you'll see the guy uncovered, but he was covered up. I'm not sure what they were trying to get done there. And if um, you know, it's fourth and four, so if you're going to go up for it in that situation, I'm surprised they just keep the offense out there but look look the defense had a you know sudden change and you know they didn't handle it obviously the missed tackles like you mentioned there so it's unfortunate defense has played really well and we kind of expected them to but 17 to 7 and um still a game that lsu is in firm control of uh offensively um it's been a big play night for lsu and again malik neighbors making making my uh, yards after catch uh, desire come true um, yet again with another long touchdown. What was that one? He's up to four catches, 143 yards. I think the the one there was 67 yards. Um, the offense hasn't been smooth, right? It, it, it's There's been some moments that have looked good yeah. and smoother, but it's been much more predicated on the big play, which is great. You love a big play. and um, But in the red zone a couple times, not, not executing, not punching it in, um, kind of kind – of, uh, all or nothing so far for the offense? Yeah, the red zone is has obviously been something that's plagued this offense for the last couple of weeks. This isn't new, and it's really an area that you'd like to see them improve. I, I think they have red zone weapons, and you're just not seeing them being utilized right now. When I say red zone weapons, I'm talking about guys that can thrive in that situation, receivers, backs, um, you know, even Jack Bash, if you want to call him a tight end, whatever. So, they still got to continue to improve there because you've been in the red zone so many times this year and come away with only three points or no points. So it, it's it's just something that's never really clicked over this year so far. But, look, the big plays, you take them. I, I always, always say, one of my pet peeves in football is like, yeah, we gave up 125 yards to this guy on the ground, but 75 of them came on one carry. <laughs> it's like, who yards. in the world do you think had that one carry? The guy that ran 75 yards, if you don't want it, tackling before 75 yards. So the big plays have been okay. That's Look, you'll take big plays all day long. Malik Neighbors, if this is his coming out party because he's going to have a fantastic LSU career, I'm here for it. I love this freshman class. Malik is, is a big part of that. Yeah. Jack Marucci has said multiple times, this has been out in the media too, that um, this freshman class is the highest character freshman class they've had the league neighbors is going to be a big part of that so that's exciting to see we'll just forget the whole sequence there between the miss the 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 fake punt and the uh the missed tackle for the touchdown otherwise um uh, other than some offensive um miscues in the red zone and not not executing in the red zone some 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 good stuff so a little a little bit of a mixed bag what do you want to see in the second half quickly 
really I just want to see them continue to to try to get some of these young guys involved offensively, continue to be crisp, because I think this week can carry into next week. So offensively, I want to see it. Defense is going to be fine. Defense is going to come back out. They're going to be mad that they gave up that touchdown. But it's the offense. If you want to play well against Texas A&M next week, it's going to be the offense that has to do that because the defense has shown they can go against top-tier opponents and be dominant so i'm not worried about it there i'm more worried about what can the offense continue to do to get confidence for next week yeah not only can offense carry over week to week and carry over year to year right like you saw the 18 offense improved down the stretch and carried over to 19 that's huge for this offense these next couple of games you want to get better this week so you go to a&m sharp and then you want to finish these both of these games strong and potentially a bowl game strong um, so you can carry that over into next season. All right, uh, it's time for coffee. I'm going with decaf again cookies. and cookies. So uh, we'll be back after coffee, cookies, and uh, in the third quarter. See you all in a little bit. All right, back uh, in the storage closet after the third quarter, 24-7 LSU Tigers uh, add seven points to their lead. That was basically, hey, there you go, little uh, Colin Baton Rouge in the background. Uh, that was basically the game. Uh, the the macrocosm of the game, uh, that was the microcosm of it. That was the the sm- that was a miniature game right there. <laughs> LSU's offense, um, first drive didn't score in the red zone, which is a trend, and then second drive scored an explosive play, which is a trend. The defense um, didn't give up any points. I mean, yeah, did did, did what they needed to do. Um, what'd you see third quarter? So it's uh kind of like you're talking about that the red zone just continues to plague LSU and again Four trips and 10 points tonight it's just it's you know that they have weapons that should be thriving in the red zone and they're not right now so that's the frustrating part but at the end of the day obviously within the third quarter you do outscore them you know seven to nothing they don't score any points and you have another explosive play and that's just kind of what this game has been you can see that LSU's athletes are just better they're they're better certainly on the outside and you're seeing neighbors and Brian Thomas and those guys make dynamic ball plays. And this game's kind of going like we probably thought it would, yeah. right? LSU's in full control of it, but it's not where it's 48 to nothing. It's 24 to 7. And um, it's kind of one of those those games that you got to get through. You just got to get yeah. through to the end. But as we talked about earlier, right before half, you, can't, you can uh, gain some confidence from a game like this. Like, it's probably good right now for Max Johnson, the fact that he's 22 of 30. He's thrown for 319, two touchdowns, no interceptions, because you're going to need him to play maybe his best game of the year next year against A&M if you want to have a chance to beat Texas A&M. So that is a positive thing, although it does look about like we thought it would. You can still gain some of that confidence in the quarterback. He was great in the third quarter. I mean, he's he's coming off a series of games where he's – not played his best football. He's playing his best football tonight. He, as you mentioned, he's 22 of 30 for 319, two touchdowns. Uh, in the third quarter, he was 9 of 11 for 102 yards and a touchdown, and the two incompletions were drops. Yeah. So he, he's, he was on time, on target. The touchdown pass to Thomas was a great play. He had The pressure was coming. He was rolling out to his right. I don't want him to roll out to his right anymore this year, <laughs> but um, he stopped, made the guy, the defender kind of hesitate, and then found yeah. Thomas, and then Thomas did what he can do with the ball in his hands after. Um, which was great to see. So, I don't know. I, I don't think there's much more to add to that. I think five of six on third down was good too. If they just clean up the red zone stuff. You feel pretty good about the offense going into the next week. Yeah, and I think it needs to be said. Like, it, look, just because Max got you know taken out of the game after two series last week, that doesn't mean that there's not a future for Max, and there's not going to be moments where they need Max to be the guy. I mean, he's going to be fully in 
the driver's seat, yeah. right? Whoever comes in here next year because of his experience, and he's he's had times where he's played well. Now he certainly had a couple of weeks where. Uh, the timing was off, holding on to the football, and we, we've talked about those in length, but he's still very firmly going to be in the driver's seat here. So he's somebody that if you're an LSU fan, you want him finishing strong. Can you imagine what a victory against a Texas A&M would really do for his motivation heading into you know, a bowl game potentially or certainly next season? I love the emotion that he showed after the touchdown pass to Brian Thomas. He was fired up. He was fist pumping. Um, the, I, I love seeing that competitiveness in him because he know, like he, he knows that this is this is not just about this game. This is about reestablishing himself as the starter and going into next season. Whoever the new coach is going to be is going to go back and watch this film. Yeah. He's going to want to beat Texas A and M next week. Like the the last two games of a season, you saw that last year. They they can they can make a big difference going into the offseason how the, the next season is going to start. That's why Max was the starter this year, right? What did Coach yeah. O say offseason all, all long? He's 2-0 as a starter. So yeah. these these last couple of games um, are, are huge, and he's, he's taking advantage of it right now. So I uh, hear shouting and screaming and celebrating out there, so let's go figure out what's happening at the start of this fourth quarter that's got everyone excited. So that's the coaches. That's the coaches, and they're fired up. Yeah, so that's let's, let's say. That's, let's that's coming from the about. coaches, so that's probably a good thing. Okay, we'll come back and talk about that after the game. All right, we're back post-game, back in the office, back with the high-quality audio equipment. Um, high-quality is not a word that I would use to describe the totality of that game. LSU wins 27-14 over Louisiana Monroe. Um, we can get into some specifics if we want, but the first thing that comes to mind is, man, the two goal-line plays that ULM has – um, one is an underthrow that they end up down on the one. One is an overthrow and a nice trick play that they uh, they can't convert. Um, this isn't how football works, but you take those two plays and they win this game by one point. Now, assuming they make the extra points. Now, that's not how football works, and it changes situationally and all that right. stuff. But, man, d- despite how, um, how effective LSU was at times in the passing game, the struggles in the, the red zone – um, the inconsistency with the run game tonight, and then the the def- I mean, you can't put much on the defense for um, for only giving up thirteen, but they did have a bit of a coverage bust on one of the touchdowns, and it was uh, it was a little bit closer than I think we would have liked. Yeah, and these games are already tough. I've just I, I've played in in too many of these, and even when we were going really good at LSU in two thousand four, I mean, we're playing against Troy and. We score with like two minutes left to take the lead, yeah. right? And we'll come to find out, like this guy named Demarcus Ware that was <laughs> killing us off the edge He's turned out player. to be pretty good. But you know, you just had those games. That, like I said, that was a good LSU team and uh, App State in 05, They scored into being twenty-one to nothing, but it never really felt like a twenty-one to nothing game. And App State was still um, they were still FCS at that time. So yep. like, I, I could I could go down the list and I could say all the games. Sometimes this happens, and even when you're going good, but certainly when you're struggling like LSU has been over the last couple of weeks, and there's nothing that you're going to turn on the tape and be like ooing and on about. There's a couple of things that, that were positives, but to get out with the wins, uh, ultimately the, the end goal there, and now it's got to go about 73 notches for next week. So I'm not going to take too much from what the end result was. I'm definitely going to go back. You know me. I'm, I'm, I'm a weirdo. I'll watch the tape right after I watch Everton lose to Man City tomorrow. I'm going to watch this tape, and I'm going 
to kind of try to pick apart some of the positive things. Obviously, Malik Neighbors is going to jump off. This was kind of his coming out party. Your three leading receivers are all true freshmen. That's very encouraging. So there's going to be a couple things. I want to go back and I want to see how Cardell Thomas played. Yeah. Right? Because interior line is kind of very difficult within the, the moment of the game without really breaking down the all 22 or even the, certainly the end zone copy. So I want to see how a guy like that played. Uh, the defense, like you said, I'm not going to take anything away from what they did out there. They were on the field um, probably more than than we expected, but they did what they were supposed to do, certainly in real time before the last drive there. So offensively, probably better than it's been. Is it going to be something that, that wows me? Probably not, but at least you did see some things that have uh, – They've, they've improved since the last couple of weeks. Yeah, a couple of things. One, you know, I, I, I said in the first segment of the show that I wanted to see LSU make some plays in space, and they did that today. Um, Pro Football Focus is still charting the numbers, but they've charted 20 receiving snaps so far, and LSU's at 169 yards after catch. They're going to end up with over 200 yards after catch uh, on this game, which is huge. Malik Neighbors um, has 123 on this chart right now that – probably will stay there because I think that's all the the catches he's had but um, Brian Thomas made a play with the ball in his hands it's funny the last segment we recorded for the end of the third quarter we we're like oh something exciting must have just happened because uh, LSU we, we think we hear LSU's coaches cheering that was me uh, that was ULM's coaches cheering because they converted that fourth down right at the beginning of the fourth quarter to set up the um, right that set up the the fourth and goal the uh, the Philly special with the Philly special yeah. that should have hit and then Rich Rod uh, going viral with his reaction which was very like me accidentally touching the stove energy like the just the I'm trying not to scream with my kids around and I don't want to say any curse words but I'm really saying curse words under my breath it was that that strong energy um, but other than that like I I'll be perfectly honest I kind of tuned out for a lot of the fourth quarter um, I, I was watching but I wasn't processing so. I'll probably go back and, and look at some of that. Um, you're, you've got some things to clean up, but I look, I, I think Max Johnson has some things to build on, um, some some good film that he put out there. I think the running game's got to get a little better. I want to see how – you mentioned Carl Thomas. I want to see how someone like Garrett Dellinger ends up grading yeah. out at, at left tackle. Like, I don't want to give away the, the secret here, but they've charted 33 of his snaps so far, and his grade's at 95.6, which is off the charts in a 97.0 run grade. Now, maybe that's a – a typo or maybe that's you know maybe that'll they, they always revise these things um the next day but i'd like to see how he did at left tackle i'd like to see how cardell played um some of the other the other positions that don't stand out on film maybe some of the guys up front in the trenches on defense too um would like to see that too so it, it's going to be important next week uh, with a&m coming here it's going to be a, a week full of distractions and storylines and yeah the environment's going to be completely different, too. I mean, I think it's going to be actually a pretty good environment inside Tiger Stadium. I hope Stadium. so. I, I hope think so. it will be. I, I think because of all the things that we're going to over-talk about this week, being Coach O's last home game, it being Texas A&M. Shaq's going to be in the house. Glenn Dorsey's going to be in the house. Didn't even know that. Didn't know that. Uh, it's going to be a great guest captain lineup. So excited about that. See some former Tigers in there. And I, I think the fans really want to – not only thank Coach O for what he did, but also see this team against a team like Texas A&M, who's quickly kind of become uh, this rival team after that seven-overtime game, obviously. And you mentioned the storylines there. 
So, yeah, it's going to be a better atmosphere. I think the guy's going to be ready to play. And if you can go and you can beat Texas A&M, I understand the bowl portion of this, but I think it's more of what it can do for you heading into next season, what it can do for you on the recruiting trail for whoever the new coach is. That coach can say, look, even when we were down, even when we were out, we still found a way to beat Texas A&M, right? <laughs> and so that's something you can definitely use on the trail. It's a big game. It's a big game that LSU can benefit greatly from if they win. It'd be funny. Well, I'm not going to make the joke. There's a joke there to be made about what you just said about Texas A&M. I'm just not going to be the one that makes it. But you can, you can make it in your head if, if you're following the same drift as me. If you're not, just... Uh, just move right along. Speaking of move right along, Thanksgiving week. Let's close out with some Thanksgiving talk. What's your what's your, what's your Thanksgiving plans? What's your what's your go to Thanksgiving plate? Like, give me the give me yeah. the Hester Thanksgiving insight. Yeah. So there's never like big plans because I'm either playing football or working football. So you you know you don't get to travel or anything like that. But that's okay because the missus is a fantastic cook. I am team ham over team turkey. Wow. On Thanksgiving, a little bit of a hot take there. Good honey I ham get it. is hard I get it. to beat. And we've got the Saints playing the Bills on this Thanksgiving. So oh, they're playing on Thanksgiving. Yeah, so we don't I have don't, to like sit through the Lions and whoever. Yeah, I mean, good Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving. That's absolutely. what I was. That's what I was talking about. So for me, um, Thanksgiving. Like first of all, ham over turkey. You're you're technically right. Like ham is objectively better than turkey, but just because it's Thanksgiving and tradition, I think I, I give turkey the nod. Like I'll be honest with you, like it's it's still ham. But if there's like carrot souffle or sweet potato casserole. Everything else is just like lanyard. See, like and I hate carrot souffle and oh sweet potato casserole. God. Mushy texture Who throws me off completely. Person I'm now, podcast turkey, with. turkey, love it. Stuffing, love it. Obviously, tons of gravy. Yeah. Uh, a, green, a green bean casserole. Love that. I'll, I'll go for a green bean casserole. Um, pecan pie, man. And I'll do pumpkin pie. I'll do a, yeah. a pumpkin pie, but carrot souffle, sweet potato, or the two, th- sweet potato casserole, anything, are the two things that I can't do just because of the texture. It throws me off. I don't you know why. You think you know someone, and then you find out they don't <laughs> like carrot souffle. I, lo- I love that, like, honestly, when I said that right now, like, it, you're, you're kind of joking with me. There are probably uh, <laughs> at least a couple dozen listeners that are like, you know what? I've been on the fence about Cody. Yeah. He, he sucks. Like, I, I just lost. Uh, I'm I not just, that far away after that carrot souffle take. I know. I'll try to I, work I my mean, way back. I, I'm not trying to give Piccadilly uh, a free spot here, but now that you said that tomorrow, I will be going to Piccadilly to get carrot souffle. Make sure uh, after you go to Piccadilly that you go to Cards and Culture later in the week because uh, unlike Piccadilly, they are a sponsor. So uh, I don't think they have carrot souffle, but they do have some really, really tasty uh, merchandise, which there you go. You you got it then. Um, But one last Thanksgiving question. What time are you eating Thanksgiving meal? Whew, that's a great question. Probably one. Okay. I feel like one o'clock is a good time. A little bit later than normal. You sleep in a little bit because... I don't think I have any radio shows to do, so sleep in a little bit, start your day an hour, maybe an hour and a half, a little bit later than you normally would. Yeah, I I like a good like two o'clock, right? Like a little bit later of a breakfast. My kids are finally old enough to where like I don't have to worry about them napping or worry about them like, you know, they can go play on and I don't have to keep an eye on them. And at two o'clock we feast and then you still have like that late dinner like as the football's coming on. Sweatpants are on. Yeah, for sure. Because the button on the jeans just ain't working anymore. That's, 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 uh, yeah, bring, bring your, your turkey, your Thanksgiving pants as Joey from Friends would say. So, uh, (laughs) I will be doing that this weekend uh, or not this weekend, I guess this week is, uh, we always go to Mississippi for Thanksgiving, so I'm hoping I can go spend a couple of days in Mississippi uh, unperturbed from work and come back and LSU plays Texas A&M. And uh, we'll be back 
with a midweek podcast. You still good for Tuesday? I'm good. We'll we'll go over cards and culture on Tuesday. Do our normal thing, probably preview Texas A&M a little bit harder than we previewed this game. A little more football talk, look back at this film. And uh, and then we'll uh, we'll move on to uh, the final game of the regular season for LSU. Okay, interesting uh, hurry up that we did this week. Very different style. Hope you enjoyed it. Let us know what you think. Uh, if you're listening this far in, you're like the hardcore of the hardcore. So we appreciate you. See you next time on Hey Fight Podcast. Like nights of old, we fight to hold the glory of the purple and gold. Come on, you tigers. I said fight, fight, fight. Victory for, victory for, victory Don't